All right. What's up, guys? Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the new scoreboards podcast uh, where we talk about kind of my struggle uh, getting done with athletics and going into to business and kind of all things in regards to that transition and kind of what we borrow from it, um, kind of how we leverage our past for the future use. And that's that's really how this podcast started. So I'm joined by a special guest, um, Tamron Manning. Um, always enjoyed talking to a former uh former Hooper and, and basketball player. Um, there's some crossover, um, uh, but, but Tamron, uh, played basketball at, uh, Marshall, uh, looked like three years and then Kentucky Wesleyan, and then on to play overseas professionally a little bit as well before he started, uh, his career back in the States. And eventually, uh, we're now in, in the same business, which is the independent insurance agency owner, um, business. So Tamron started integrity insurance, uh, up there in Lexington, Kentucky, Looks like he's about a year and a half in, crushing it, going through all the the fun challenges of uh, of starting a business and all the fun wins that come uh, from starting a business, man. So, Tamron, appreciate you joining me, man. It's uh, it's great to have you. Man, it's a pleasure. I appreciate you having me on. I've all been looking forward to chatting with you, man. So I'm excited for it. Yeah. So you're you're born and raised in Kentucky. Yes, I am born and raised in Georgetown, Kentucky. Um, went to went to Scott County High School, did my four years there, and then I was off um, to move away, move to West Virginia, which is like a complete different place than Kentucky is, but move into West Virginia and start my college career at Marshall, man, where you know we were in the same conference, uh, different times, but same conference uh, for a little bit, so you know a little bit about the, the Huntington trips, I'm sure. Oh, all day, man. Yeah, we would go up there once a year. Uh, I would actually played at uh, UCF for five years. So I got the privilege of going up there uh, all five years. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you know this, but Brett and I, uh, my older brother, Brett, who originally introduced Tamron and I, uh, who, who wor we worked together, but uh, all our families from Kentucky, we're actually the only part of uh, our family that uh, was born in Florida. Um And everyone else, mostly Lexington, Kentucky or, or surrounding areas. So uh, I do remember my first Huntington trip, and it is different than Florida. I will <laughs> say that. So uh, yes. in every way, but it's, uh, but yeah, man, that's awesome. What an incredible place to play college basketball. Um, you know, how was that experience, man? How'd you end up at Marshall? I remember going up there, and that was one of actually the tougher places we'd play, uh, especially when the teams were good, which they usually were. That place, they love basketball up there. They'd pack out the arenas, man. How was that experience? Man, I fell in love with it, man. I was, um, so in high school, I was actually pretty um, highly recruited. I was probably, up until my sophomore year of high school, I was probably floating around the top player in the state as a sophomore. And then junior and senior, I really kicked in. So I was pretty um, highly recruited by a few, a few top um, high mid-major uh, D1 schools. But when I visited Marshall, man, like you said, that atmosphere, the crowd, it's a sports um, college town. Like it's the epitome of what a college town is. Um, the school is located right like downtown Huntington and yep. everything kind of is encapsulated by the campus. So it was just really nice, man. And I've honestly, um, all, out of all my visits, it was my favorite. And um, it was where I decided to spend my, my three years. I didn't know it was going to be three, but it's where I decided to further my education and keep my basketball career rolling. But it was a good, yeah. it was a good I enjoyed it, man. Like you said. So who did, uh, did Donnie Jones recruit you originally from Marshall or who oh, was the coach um, at the time? Was it Tom um, Herman? Um, Tom Herrian was the coach. Herrian, when I yeah. got there. So Donnie Jones had left. I think Donnie Jones was maybe two years removed. Um, but I had some Marshall ties coming into uh, Marshall because two of my not high school teammates but two kind of Scott County I would say quote-unquote legends went to Marshall before I went um, A.W. Hamilton and Matt Walls uh, both went uh, to Marshall from Scott County so we had that kind of a uh, tie was, I there. think I played against Walls was he the guy who just shoot lights out yeah, shoot no. lights out. Yeah, yeah, shoot lights out. Um, so it was nice. Um, so I had kind of two people I could talk to about um, Marshall and how it was. And they played for Donnie. So they spoke highly of the campus, highly of the school. So it was a really um, smooth transition for me. Um, yeah. Coming from where I come from. 
That's great, man. I don't know if you know this, but yeah, Donnie Jones, my senior year, he came to UCF. And so uh, I actually got to know him and a couple of the other guys who were Marshall previously. Um, and uh, so it was fun getting to know great guys, great staff, um, you know, and a really small world. But I, I remember that one of the most hostile environments I've ever played in that we ever played in was the year that that Donnie came to UCF. It was an in-conference move. A lot of people didn't like it because uh, mm -hmm. Marshall had a very good program. And it's like, hey, why are you going to UCF in conference? And yeah. um, and man, that 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 trip up there was so hostile and that crowd was insane. Um up there and it was a good team too but but anyway man that's cool it's fun to swap those stories man i uh so so what led you to to the last stop kentucky wesleyan kind of where you finished your career is that where you finished your uh, your basketball career collegially yeah that's where i finished up so um the head coach at kentucky wesleyan at the time coached a naia program in georgetown where i grew up my whole life like he was like the main staple like georgetown kind of the Georgetown College is what it's called, but there's, yes. they were like the big, um, a really big deal in my area at that level. Um, they won a national championship doing all this yep. thing. He was the mainstay and he was like the first coach to ever even like put a, I don't know, just like speak to me and like talk to me about college and stuff. Um, he wanted to get in when I was super young, of course, because he knew mm -hmm. uh, where I was headed. Um, but he did that. He did that with kids um, around the state that had higher aspirations than the level that Georgetown was, but he did it in a sense of, he knew like if something went wrong or if you just became unhappy somewhere, it was a great um, landing spot to be. Um, so he did that with me. Um, and during my Marshall career, we had a coaching change um, and I just decided to uh, transfer my last year and um, finish out somewhere else um, since I didn't come in under that staff, which is a mm -hmm. whole no, basketball story. Yeah. So um, once I did that, I just it was an easy switch. I wanted to play right away. And this was the time I'm not old. I'm uh, 28 years old, but this was a time to where there was no transfer portal like it is now. Yeah. yeah. You transfer, you had to sit out a year, especially when you transfer D1 to D1. So I was like, man, I really don't want to sit out a year um, mm -hmm. and have to push back my graduation and all that. So I decided to transfer to the D2 level at Kentucky Wesleyan, um, which at the time was a big D2 powerhouse. Um, so it ended up working out. And that's kind of how I got shifted um, to there and graduated from there. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have the opportunity. I saw that. Did you go overseas? You play in Ireland for a little bit? Yeah, man, I spent um, I spent three years in Ireland um, before um, coming back home and, and staying home. But yeah, I spent three years in Ireland. I did a couple um, kind of hired gun positions um, in a couple other countries, but Ireland was like my mainstay. Um, lived there, did a man. It was a, it was incredible just getting engulfed in a different culture. Um, I had never. I think I'd only left the country maybe twice before then. Which I'd advise everybody, all your listeners, if you have the opportunity to leave the country for any amount of time, definitely advise you to do it. Um, but yeah, spent three years in Ireland, um, working my butt off, and I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. So when I got there, I needed something to do the other 20 hours of the day that wasn't practice or training and all that stuff. So I decided to get my master's in marketing because um, I always, even when I was a kid, I wanted to own a business. I just thought the business owner life looked cool from like a kid's perspective. So I was already on that, um, kind of on that type of mindset. So I got my MBA in marketing because I knew if you want to own a business, you better be a good marketer. So I went that route, man. And I just took full advantage of my time there and it was a free education again. So it was definitely a great um, opportunity for me. Yeah, that's fantastic. When you talk about the transition, I do want to speak to if you're listening, you know, whether you're an entrepreneur, entrepreneur or not, I think we can learn a lot from you and that that jump is to say you went over there and you're still playing basketball, but it seemed like your mind knew that, okay, this is going to end at some point. I want to <laughs> equip myself with some skills, some tools. And so I didn't know that you're able to go to school while you're still playing. Mm -hmm. um, and then, and then you come back, was there an injury? Was there, Hey, my body's not holding up. <laughs> you know, what, what was that final moment? Like the, uh, and had that, had that end up being the end? Man, this is a, so it's not really a, a crazy story. I actually had a child. So I had a daughter in 2018 mm -hmm. um, and I went back and I was like, man, this is kind of tough. Like 
yeah. if, if for people who have kids that like zero to like eight month stage like they do so much um and they can kind of you could miss a lot in that like mm-hmm. that stage so I was like ah I don't really want to put I never wanted to be that dad or that person to put their career over their kids and their kids like missed out on on time and stuff so I was like let me just come back home uh, maybe this is just God's way of saying hey it's time to uh, hang up the shoes uh, professionally and try to figure your your business life out. You've always wanted to do something in business. Um, so now is that time. So I always um, thank my daughter. She's uh, what she's five now. So I always thank her for yeah. creating my business life. Cause I mean, if, if it wasn't for her, I don't know where the heck I'd be living or doing or anything. So she kind of got my business life completely started. Yeah, no, that's cool. I have an almost four-year-old daughter, so I, I can totally relate to the phase that you're talking about and uh, and why you'd have a really strong reason to do what you're doing now or come back and start a life, you know, back in Kentucky. So, well, why'd you get into what you're doing, man? You come back, obviously, you knew you liked business. I, I totally agree with you. I think marketing is a huge part about uh, starting a small business. I know, um, you know, some early advice that I got uh, from a mentors of mine was just like, Hey man, these gigs early on, it's just marketing. I mean, it's really is about going out and meeting people, uh, letting your market consistently know about what you do, um, over and over and over again. So I, I do think you're wise in that regard. I think you have it in your, pro- in the proper order, but wh- why'd you get into what you're doing in the insurance business? What exposed you? Was it a mentor? Was it somebody you looked at and said, Hey, you know, I, I see this and I like this or, or why insurance? Well, um, taking a couple steps back when I first got, um, honestly, when I just first got of age to know um, just about business or so maybe like high school level, um, probably around like my high school age, um, I just always, man, I just wanted to own something like my big dream was to like make enough money playing basketball to like open a gym like I had all these like different um, dreams of wanting to own a business and honestly insurance was um, something I fell into so when I got back from Ireland a buddy of mine owned a all-state agency and he's like man I have an open role for a producer Um, I think you have the the personality to be a pretty good producer um so i jumped in um, i ended up doing really well at it and then i also like i said i've always had that entrepreneurial spirit i knew the pathway to opening my own agency was possible um if i wanted to go that route and i knew um that that was a possibility so i was like let me just learn as much as i can so i was working um I guess nine to five or whatever the hours were. And then after hours, I was just studying, man. I was just looking up like how this person started their insurance agency. I was looking up captive because um, I was at Allstate, which captive is like Allstate State Farm, all that stuff. Um, I was looking up captive options. Then I found out about the independent space, um, which I had no clue about the independent space because I'm coming, like I said, I'm probably like 20 five, 26. So I'm still on my parents' insurance at the time. So I have no clue about what independent (laughs) is, captive is. So I'm just like, man, I'm going to open an Allstate. It's going to be great. But then I realized, oh, there's another avenue where I can really kind of um, put my flag in the sand and really make a mark um, in the industry if I shift my mindset to being independent. So I got into insurance by accident, but it was something, man, I would I'm so grateful that I found the industry because it's it's a it's an industry, man, that I'm just super excited about, especially at where I am now. I can just kind of see the trajectory and where we're going. Um, so I'm super excited about the industry that I fell into. Yeah, I've enjoyed following on on LinkedIn and and uh, just watching your story unfold. But yeah, it's so funny. Similar stories with me. I was, you know, the open to business and I was still on my parents' auto insurance policy, knew very, very little about it, um, you know, which which is fun. So, um, but hey, so you go from being an employee, right? Being a producer, were you commission only? Were you, were, were you on? Did you have a base? Like, obviously that level of risk to go out and start your own agency and start your own business, I, I don't think, I mean, obviously I think you skipped over it because you've always had a passion for it and you knew you wanted it, but man, that's nothing to... Uh, nothing to jump over like why why was that tough was that uh was that a decision you mulled over were you just like hey intuitively i'm listening and i just believe that this is the right thing for me um you know and what have you learned so far in the first year and a half that maybe you thought 
that you didn't know about uh, before you started? Man, honestly, um, to answer the first one, as far as just um, my salary pay wise, I was I had a small base as a producer, small base salary. But I mean, obviously, you don't make any money unless you sell stuff. So I was high, um, high commission, but very small base, not enough to where you mm -hmm. couldn't, you could just come in and kick your feet up, not that sure. kind of salary, but definitely a little small base. But man, I honestly, I think what's kind of helped me make that leap and make that jump is I'm not a big, um, I'm not doing it for the financial reasons. Like I was, I think I was talking to your brother about this actually, but just about how you have to be able to delay that gratification and really understand the difference between like uh, what a lot of money looks like to you now and what it could look like if you invest and really try to build a business that creates a big cash flow. So that's kind of always been my mindset. And I was just able to just be, have a little a scarcity mentality as far as I can put off some things. I don't have to buy all these different things right now, as long as um, our mortgage is paid or at that time the rent was paid, um, I can put gas in my truck. I was good. So I was able to kind of do that and just make sure I had all my necessities handled. But as far as like missing out on the salary and missing out on all that I was, I was super okay with and I feel like those are kind of the more successful um, business owner story I feel like the people who take 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 all the money out of the business I mean they end up with no money left so that was kind of my mindset is I can um, delay gratification enough to where I can see the vision being bigger than where I am right now damn that's gold man I uh you know, I look at like twenty. So you started your your business, and you were probably what twenty six, twenty seven, something like that, or twenty seven, which is incredible. But you know, I don't know, man. Some people have different uh, philosophies about this. I I know I certainly borrowed more of your mentality. Where you know, we had some people that when we were starting the business was like, Hey man, you don't want to start the business. Now you want to, you want to make some money working for somebody else. And, you know, maybe 10, 20 years down the road after you have money or you've done well, then, you know, then go start a business. Right. Or, and, and I was like, interesting. Cause we, you know, we did the opposite, you know, and, 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 <laughs> and then I look at it and go like, man, I wouldn't do it any other way. Cause um, one, it's just like the, the scrappy, willing to invest, delay gratification, uh, you know, build something worth building. There, like there's something to that that creates some magic um, as opposed to, you know, go make some money, get used to living a certain lifestyle. And then now you don't want to take a step back from that lifestyle yeah. kind of mentality, <laughs> right? And, and most people, that's what prevents them from doing stuff, right? Is they don't, I hear that all the time, like, you hire people, we hire people. And one of the biggest things you hear somebody say right after they they tell you that they want to grow and they want to find a place to grow, then, they, they, then they'll come in and say, but yeah, but I don't want to take a step back. And you really have to delve into what, what does that mean? Take a step back, right? Does that mean just from a baseline, what you put on your W2? Does that mean, uh, like, what does that mean? And would you be willing to take a step back on your W2 to two, three years later, be able to triple what that is or, and, and triple, maybe not even what you're making, but from a lifestyle perspective, all the different needs of people. So sometimes it's interesting how, uh, you know, us as humans, like we want to grow and we want to build, but sometimes, you know, there's a disconnect of what it takes to, to, to grow and what it takes to build. And sometimes yeah. that is uncomfortable. Sometimes that means that, you know, you're delaying gratification way longer than you think, uh, thought you would. So that, that's a really, really good point. I just applaud you. I think that, I think the twenties, the twenties is a magical, if you can get the right mentorship and, and you can start something in your twenties that you, you, you love and that you're willing to work, man, the other side of 30, I always tell people that like, really young people getting out of college and stuff like that. Like, man, like if you find out something you want to do in your twenties and work really hard on it, if it's a good vehicle, the other side of 30 looks really good. Like, and, and I know your business, right? I know the insurance business and it's one of those businesses. It sucks at first, man. Like personalized property and casualty is very challenging at first, low price point, a lot of volume needed. Um, you know, you, you got to hire, you got to do a lot of stuff. And at first it just takes the right person to, 
um, you know, move that big boulder. But man, once you get that boulder moving, the other side of 30 looks pretty sweet from the things that you say you value, right? You mentioned time with your daughter, you mentioned, you know, owning something for yourself and you mentioned cash flow and stuff like that. So I can just appreciate that sentiment. Um, I, I do want to ask you though, too, you know, the marketing mindset, w what else have you found out in the first year and a half that um, maybe, maybe we're, you thought it was one way going in and then, you know, and, and now a year and a half in, you're like, man, I did, I learned that along this way, as far as being a business owner and entrepreneur. Uh, man, I would say the biggest lessons I've learned are um, less business owner lessons and more um, insurance lessons. I never realized, honestly, how much people need their insurance agent. Um, I would say that was something I didn't really plan for when I did my marketing plan, because I feel like business wise, um, like I said, man, I'm a I'm a nerd when it comes to to business itself, like just the just the like the the building of businesses, just businesses itself. So understanding what you need to look at, cash flow, um, revenue, all that kind yep. of stuff. I'm pretty um, nerdy about, and I watch a lot of YouTube videos of successful business owners. Um, but the insurance side is something that I was not a um, nerd about until obviously I opened my own business. But prior to that, I just was like, man, you just sell policies. You take care of people and you let the policies auto renew and you're good to go. But people really need you in the course of their six month to one year uh, policy term. I mean, people are trying to change vehicles, get ID cards, um, just the little changes they need. So I didn't estimate how much the phone would be ringing with my current customers. And I was like, once you sell them, they'll be good. You don't got to deal with them. But yeah. I was coming from Allstate to where you didn't do a lot of service because they have a service center um, for all the stuff. So that's why I was like kind of missing the boat on, oh, you really have to like earn the renewal. Like it's not something that just um, auto renews. You have to really like make sure the client is taken care of in between the sale and that little like that white space in between that and the end date that's where you really earn the renewal. So that's where I kind of had to learn and get better at, which isn't my strength, honestly. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a salesman and a, and a yeah. marketer. You want to be out and about. Be people, yeah, people. which is why I'm hiring. Um, like I spoke to you about, but that's why I'm hiring somebody who's better than me at that. And just like those intangible um, skills, man, just to understand that I'm not good at that and to be able to bring somebody in who potentially is good at that. So that was kind of the biggest lesson I've learned so far. No, that's wise, man. I, I dig that. And I, I can't help but look at that little basketball hoop on your door because I'm, I'm looking at our office and I see that, you know, the same basketball hoop. If I could turn the camera, you'd see it. So that's, that's hilarious. That's, that is not, uh, not on accident, but that's, no. uh, that, that never goes away. You need a little, little space face in the day to, to shoot around a little bit, man. Um, so how about, man, I, I probably skipped over this, but I know for me, like when I finished playing, I immediately, I don't know, like there, there was almost like that obsession with the thing, like for me with basketball for so long. And I didn't love everything about basketball, right? You know, that playing at the level you played at, I mean, there's most days you, you, you don't feel great. Most and once you get to a certain level, you start having, you know, whether it's a, back it's an ankle it's a shoulder it's 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 different than when you're 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 playing as a kid and you could play four games in a day and then play three the next day in AAU right so mm -hmm. a part of that for me there was kind of like this natural evolution of transitioning away from sport where um but but then I got into to business and I kind of took that same same mentality you did maybe in a different way just like took that little bit of an uh, obsession about business and the craft and kind of dumped that energy in there but one of the reasons I started this podcast is, is, you know, the feedback wasn't as immediate, right? Like, it was just like, hey, like, am I doing a doing a good job? I always joke with a friend of mine that similar experience is like, hey, I could I would kill for a film session, man. If 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 coach would watch me make some calls and, and we could go on some marketing visits together and he could break down on film, you know, what I'm doing wrong and what I could do better. Like, I could really use the feedback of of whether I'm winning or not, right? Like, am I winning? Am I doing what is required with win? I, I miss that objectivity that like at the end of the drill or at the end of the game or at the end of the practice, like, hey, I won. And 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 that doesn't mean I don't have anything to, to work on, but at the end of the day, you're competing, um, competing to win that, that, that possession, that drill. Um, how was that for you when you transitioned and you hung it up and, you know, you moved back from Ireland to Kentucky and, 
Uh, was that, was that something that was natural transition? Did it take you a while? Do you still play? Like, how do you, how do you deal with that, man? Man, that's a great, that's a really good question. Um, it's a, I think it's an ongoing battle. Um, and I think it's different. I think it always kind of depends. And this is me speaking, um, I guess, kind of for myself, but I think it depends on why you stopped. Um, I think that is a big help. So if you stop, because you just had a gruesome injury and you can't get back. Um, that's one thing. Um, I think for me, um, for me stopping um, for my daughter, uh, which obviously uh, love my daughter and I do anything uh, to take care of her, but for me stopping for that reason um, and still being healthy enough um, to compete at that same level, because it was literally just one year prior. So it was just like I was at that level one year ago. Um, at that time. Um, so knowing that, man, it was a, it was really hard. Um, I will be completely honest. It was really hard for me um, to kind of transition into something else other than basketball, because it felt like, I don't know, in my mind, I guess it felt like a letdown because I did, I did all that work from like, I yes. guess you say two years old, but you really start working, you know, when you're in middle school and you like kind of figure out, wait, I can really be, be good at this. Cause I put, um, I was one of those kids that always had, um, the potential to be really good. I was, I was tall. I had this, like this brain of just like, I understood all the sports. Like I just could jump into a football game and be good. And like good plays would happen for me, like kind of naturally. Um, but I was all, I was growing quicker than my mind was growing. So I was still kind of awkward. Um, but going into middle school, man, I really started putting things together and seeing that um, I was better than a lot of people. And I was like, well, this is something I can really do. So when I got that in me that I was better than a lot of people, I just wanted to work at the sport at the sport as much as I could to get as good as I felt like I could be. And it transitioned over to business, um, which I'll get to that. But in the basketball realm, I was just in a space to where I was very um, hyper-focused on just getting better, getting training, getting in the gym, doing everything I got to do to be a professional. Because in middle school, high school, I'm still thinking that, hey, I could play in the NBA. I was still having those kind of thoughts because I was kind of on that um, path. I was like I said, I was the best in my state. When you realize, like, there's only 50 states, so you just start breaking yeah, down. And it's, and and it's like, Kentucky. It's yeah, Kentucky, it's like, so it's not a bad basketball state. Yeah, it's a basketball state, and you're going to play AAU tournaments, and you're playing against guys, which, looking back, now those some of those guys are in the NBA, but you're playing against these guys, and you're like, man, I'm competing, like, right at that same level, and it's just all about kind of uh, how much work I can keep putting it in. So at that point, man, I'm so just hyper-focused on that. And um, I finally get to a position to where I am, at least a professional, maybe not an NBA, but I am getting paid to play the sport that I've just kind of put all my my eggs into that basket, I guess to say. Um, and then it just stopped. It was just like a, I don't know, like I said, I don't know if it was just like God telling me, hey, you need to you need to make this transition or this shift. Yep. Um, but it just stopped abruptly, and it was really hard for me, probably the first two years. Um, and honestly, it's still kind of hard. Um, but those first two years were really tough. Um, and I would just always look back to college and just feel like, man, I should have just like paid attention in math a little more, paid attention in accounting a little more, bit more, but you just have no, I don't know, kids, as kids, we just grow up and we have no sense of the future. I feel like the kids that do have the sense of the future are ahead. But for me, I was just so like, I'm going to play basketball forever. Like this is like, when I quit, I'm going to be old and I've made enough money to where I can retire and be good. That was my thought. So I didn't really have um, that plan B. So for me, man, I don't know, you can speak as well for yourself, but for me, it was tough, man. I just, I just remember being kind of stressed and depressed mm -hmm. and you just don't know what you're good at. I think that's the biggest yes. issue with sports. Um, man, now that I have so children, I'm going to try to help them just do everything like I want you to play a piano like just do as much as you can because I was I was at the point where I was like I don't really know what I would be good at next to kind of transition into like sales kind of was natural um just because I've kind of sold myself with recruiting and talking to people meeting you yep. meet people playing sports so that kind of helped um but and it's more of a natural skill I guess more so than something I grew but that was the hardest part man is just not understanding what I was good at because you put 
probably all your time into one thing and you just don't develop your other um, intangible skills that you need to succeed in business. So I would say that was my, my hardest thing. Man, that is so well said. And I think uh, the part of that that I think people can relate to, at least the friends of mine that have gone through that, is that I don't know what I'm going to be good at. Like, I totally relate, right? Like, hey, I've been doing this and I know I've gotten good at this, but I have no idea what, you know, I remember the first time I really worked uh, a, a normal quote unquote job. I had an internship, like I had to have an internship to graduate. And, you know, I was similar, like I, I did okay at school, but it was never a focus of mine. It was always just to really get by, you know, it was always just like, hey, just keep your grades above a 3.0 if you can, you know, and, and, and then, you know, hey, oh, you have to have an internship to graduate. Perfect. Okay, I'll do that. Uh, oh, by the way, you don't have a credits, enough credits towards your major. Okay, well, what, what do I have so I can keep playing? You know, okay, perfect. I'll switch to that major. It was never like a, a focus of mine of like, hey, I'm doing this strategically so it helps my next career where I'm getting this internship or networking with these people so it helps my career. Um, it, it was always just like, okay, I'm at the end of the road. I know it's over, but I am scared to death because I don't know what I would be good at. Um I don't know what, you know, is, is valuable in the marketplace. I feel like I've kind of only operated in this space. And, and I think people like there's good student athlete committees and you kind of hear throughout, at least I, I heard throughout my career that, Hey, you know, employers value student athletes and you kind of have this narrative that, that plays about the discipline of an athlete and the ability to show up and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, I had a pretty deep insecurity about like what was next for me. And, uh, and then in a little bit of that, like a part of me that was like, Hey, you're going from somebody to nobody, uh, overnight, you know, and, and whether that's, whether that was just a perception or my ego, like in my mind, I was like, man, I'm, I'm valued. I have value here. And then I, I have no value here and I have to work to create value. And I guess there's some true to that in the marketplace, but it was, it was totally scary. And the thought of like, I don't know what I'm good at is so, so relevant. And that's honestly one of the reasons I really enjoy doing this because you mentioned, you know, how you wanted to equip your kids. I could, I can totally relate, but I, I want to equip, you know, current athletes or future current athletes, or even people that are past that phase. And they're, they're still asking themselves, I don't know what I'm good at. Like I, they still haven't found that thing that they can put the energy into to kind of have that level of competence to de delve into it. Like I, one of the things you mentioned, that I focused on is it, it's interesting how once you found out that you were pretty good, like basically like once the light switch on, they goes, Hey, actually I'm pretty, like I could be really good. Mm -hmm. Then it's like you, you basically, cause I have this thing. It's like, I think people are trading like they, 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 they're making the trade every single day of whether something's worth it or not. Like they have this, mm -hmm. they have this abundance of energy, right? And, and they, they're looking at a thing or they're looking at a job or looking at a task or the next phone call or the next drill. And they're going, man, is this worth it? Like, and if it's worth it, I'll, I'll flat out lay out for it. But if it's not worth it, like, yeah, all right, maybe, maybe I'll do it. Maybe I'll complete it, you know? And, 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 but man, if you get that glimpse that it's worth it, if you have a clear enough picture that it's worth it, and this is what is required. Okay. That's a different level of commitment that you're going to go to. And it sounds like you went that that way in your career for basketball and it sounds like you're going that that way in your career as an entrepreneur um and it's funny just to give you feedback because we're in the same business is like dude you're better than most agents like you're better than most agency owners i mean there's some really really good ones in our space but uh but man you, you your trajectory and your ceiling is about as high as they come man so um hopefully that's just a little bit of encouragement of the glimpse of of how 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 quality of a business that you will build and i know you know that but uh anyway it's just cool insight i appreciate you sharing that i did want to say not to um take you off uh your focus but going back to college and you come from a big which I, i'm sure your listeners know but you come from like a big it's not a normal size school ucf so if you could go back and knowing that hey i'm not going to be playing basketball forever and me and my brother in the future will open an insurance agency all the people you met at UCF could you imagine yeah. like really networking with them in a in a true sense of just like yeah. this is what I'm going to do this and how much help they would have offered you just in that little time that you was at UCF just like a school full of great alumni I'm, I'm assuming I can imagine just the great uh, alumni that come from there 
Guys, totally right. I mean, and, and you think about sports in general around sports, there are very successful people because naturally they enjoy sport. We enjoy sport as people, but then like a lot of these people make a lot of money and then they want to come uh, be around athletics and be a part of something. So the way they do that is they, you know, become a booster and they become more involved and they feel like they're a part of the program. It's such a, it, you're right. It's like this big pool of people that have already done what you hope to do. And mm -hmm. in hindsight, you would get to pick and choose the things that you value that you deem successful. And then you could just model or borrow from those people. No, you're totally right. Even if it's like, even if you didn't know what space you were going to get into, if like you walk in your freshman year and you had an electronic note card and you said, you know, okay, Tamron Manning, perfect. He does insurance integrity, started it here's his phone number. I'm going to keep in touch with him. And just once a year, I'm going to reach out to him, see if I can grab coffee and just, just stay in relationship with this person. And when I graduate, you know, like it would be crazy, right? Like that's one of my biggest regrets, man, is just all the networking because you do it. Um, like we did those little golf things yes. like in West Virginia, we have the Greenbrier, which is where um, yep. it's part of the PGA tours to stop. Um, so we had to work it one year. There's a lot of boosters there. Um, and man, you're just there as a 18 year old. You're like, man, I just want to get back to the dorm or, no doubt. The calf or like, why do we got to be here? It's just calf. Like, yeah. you're so, <laughs> you're just, like You just don't have, and it's, I mean, it's natural, but you just don't have that brain capacity to know, like, this is a great event that they're letting us be a part of. And all these people are interested in us. Like that's, that's the main reason that you're a celebrity in, in you <laughs> and you just don't, you, not that you don't care, but you just don't have the wherewithal to know. Let me just meet people, talk to them, introduce myself. If they're like, man, this guy, he's well-spoken, he speaks, yes, they'll yeah. watch you throughout your growth there. And they'll be like, they might have offered you a job or like gave you an opportunity and just like so many different things that I wish I could go back and kind of just do or put more effort into um, just yeah. to show myself more because most people knew me there as um, just the basketball player but I think yep. if they would have knew my mind as it is now I think they would have been like man that kid I could have did a lot with certain people and did certain so that's probably one of my biggest college regrets is just being a, I mean not just being a kid being in college being so, yeah just being, just in, a being college. in college yeah like, that, that's and, and isn't that the perspective that I'm sure that we all look back at and and people older than us look back well I wish I would have done this I wish I, how about this I wish I would have started my a business in my 20s right mm -hmm. so you know you're 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 doing right now what most probably look back and go I mean I hear that all the time I hear all the time people that have done even really well in their career and they look yeah, back and I wish I would have done Oh, oh, you hear it all day long. And, and then a part of me, I get cynical. I'm like, yeah, but do you? Because, you, you know, you didn't really mean that because you weren't you weren't willing to put in that decade of delayed gratification. So um, but yeah, you know, you, you just said something that really triggered for me is like we're talking about an experience that we went through that that uh, you have people's attention. They care about you. You. I mean, you have people that are that are really like their whole framework is to make you successful, like even like study hall. And we have people that walked us to class, not me, because no one cared about me. But like, you know, the the other players, you walk to class and stuff. And you're like, man, like think about that in hindsight. Like, that's crazy to me. How many resources that you have around you, if you're able to have the perspective you know, of those resources. Um, I, you actually put a LinkedIn post about taking, like uh, giving and investing versus taking. And I felt like that sometimes in the locker room, there was just clearly guys that like, they just took, like they were just like entitled to the fact that all these resources are what they deserve. And, <laughs> and, you know, and then uh, to me, some of those guys like really struggle after sports because there's not anybody that is walking you to class man like like there's not anybody that really cares like that um in that way and so that sense of entitlement like really hurts you after sports so one of the things um you know it, it, ed mylett said if you listen to ed mylett it's incredible mm -hmm. podcast and obviously one of the top speakers in the world but um very very successful and he talked talks about how we're most equipped to help the people that we once were and what you just said is going to help a lot of people yeah. because you've been through that and you're looking back in hindsight and you're able to contribute counsel mm -hmm. that's specific to that experience right and speak to somebody that says hey hey bro I, I know you think you're good and you're a freshman and you're coming into school 
you can do both. You can be really good and focusing your sport, but you can also just pay attention a little bit more, uh, you know, on the networking side, you know, that kind of thing uh, is, is incredible hindsight. Integrate yourself, man. Be there. Be present, I think, is the biggest thing. Like you said, people get so like this is supposed to happen to me. I'm supposed to have a tutor. I'm supposed to get help with X, Y, Z. But if you can just integrate yourself, man, and like talk to the person next to you in math class or whatever, just like have a, a normal conversation with them, like that kind of stuff, man, is little opportunities. I feel like athletes especially miss. Um, you're just so focused on your core group, your, your teammates. Yes. Uh, maybe another sports team that you like, um, but you just miss out on the connections, man. Like I just, I just think back to my school. I know a lot of CEOs came uh, for Marshall, especially in my time being there. Um, and I know how big UCF is. Um, so when they walk you all to class, they had to, I'm assuming, take a golf cart and drop people off. <laughs> <laughs> Visited every time we went there, I was like, Man, I can't wait to go to UCF. But a big plus when you all left the conference, we got FAU in Florida um, International, which um, two great spots in Florida as well Boca Raton and FIU or FIU or State. Yeah. You know, it's funny, man, full circle when you're talking about starting the insurance business. When we decided to incorporate, I was actually, I was on the phone with my brother and I was in a Huntington, West Virginia hotel room and we were gearing up uh, to play. It was, a, it was a conference game. So I think it was probably late, mid to late January. And I remember making the decision that, yes, we're doing this. Um, right there in Huntington, West Virginia, right before we played Marshall, that was my fifth year. Um, and I was kind of on my way out to say the least, you know, my focus started straying away from sports, uh, early on. And, and, uh, in that senior year when, when reality was starting to set in a little bit more than I'd like to admit. So, um, that's funny kind of full circle those moments when, and that's another thing that I think is cool from college athletics, depending on what level or it doesn't really matter, but you get to travel like to these, these places that you would never go. Like, I, I can't say that I would been that I would go to Huntington, West Virginia and go play Marshall, right? Like, or go to a game, like, or go to Nebraska and or South Dakota and Albuquerque, New Mexico, and all these different parts of the never United States. Yeah. <laughs> You'd have never, never got that experience, man. Like going to, going to those Texas trips, which I keep, let me keep remembering you were in that conference too, but going through those Texas trips, man, it's like a whole different, you go to El Paso? Me, Texas is a different country. It's like a different place than like, America to me it's like a whole different even San Antonio and um like El Paso just yeah. going to these different places man it's just like you won't get those experiences without the sport that's why I'm always so grateful um I coach it now at our local high school um I'm just so this is what, what high school man I coach it so I don't coach at the high school I went to so I'm went to like I said Scott County High School and it was the only school in the county for as long as I can remember and then they finally split into two um so I coach at the other one um now but that was a, a big deal in our areas they finally split to two because we were a powerhouse but it helped it was a big county and only all the kids went to one school so it was it was a monster for like a 30-year run uh, yeah. so it was ended up splitting up so I coach at that school and I just try to pour into the to the kids doing what we talk about um just kind of open their eyes to the other stuff other than sports and let them know you get out what you put in even after uh sports um it's not only a sports um synonym i guess it works for life after sports um, and there is a life after sports so i just am lucky enough blessed enough to be able to to coach them and be around them dude what a cool outlet to be able to really give you know and just things that you've learned along the way to just like it, it, you're going to make such a difference and you're already making such a difference in those kids lives. I look back and some of the best moments are a coach uh, pulling me aside, you know, even it's a tough moment and there's lessons and there's these quotes. There's just, I remember I had this great coach who was now become very successful, played a little bit in the NBA, but he's been just like an incredibly successful business guy. And I remember him pulling me aside at like 10 years old. And he's like, Hey man, your attitude's just not cutting it. He's like the two things you can control in life are your attitude and your effort. And if those are, you know, at a high level, then, then, you know, you can make it, then you can do something, you can be on this team. But if you don't change your attitude, you're not going to be, on, you know, it's like, and I remember that moment. And I, I talk about that a lot, even when, you know, in business or we hire somebody is just attitude and effort. And that came from a coach just like pulling me aside in a moment 
and, and teaching me a lesson that's valuable. And coaches just are incredible in the way that they can shape the trajectory of a, of a, a young person's life. It's amazing. And uh, it, it, it truly is. So, I mean, I, does that help scratch the itch, by the way? Does, does coaching basketball feel a little bit like, uh, you know, scratching that itch or does it make you want to kind of go show those kids how good you were? Oh man, I wouldn't say it scratches the itch completely. It get it does it. It does its job. Um, I never answered your one question about still playing. So when I first stopped, I was uh, man. Like I said, I was just so stressed and kind of depressed. I was just like, man, I don't even want to look at a basketball. So I yeah. stopped playing. Um, at that time, I had got back into playing, just kind of wreck and just having fun with it. So I was able to scratch the itch that way. And now I'm kind of leaning. I'm leaning into the to the golf lane. But, Let's go. But like I talk, like I have that obsessive personality with things that I pick up so it's like once I pick up golf man I'm gonna be golfing every weekend spending all my extra money on golf and it's just like I want new gloves I want to get it. <laughs> I'm like dude you can't do that focus on this I'm like let me just keep building my business I play every now and then but like you know if you're not if you don't play consistently you're not gonna be good but um that's kind of where I'm kind of shifting uh into golf but I can never I can never just put a basketball down completely um I just don't have the excuse, man. I'm like I said, I'm 28. I just I can't stop. I just yeah. I'm pretty healthy. I still work out, so it's like I can't just not play basketball. Yeah, especially if you're coaching, you're around it. I mean, it's got to <laughs> be like you get a ball in your hand, you know what to do with it. It's just, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. it's feel it feels good actually. Like like my kids' daycare has a gym in it, so like I'll go there like 20 minutes early to pick them up, and I'll just shoot around, and it's like <laughs> it's heaven for me. It's like the most therapeutic you know, thing that I could possibly do is sit around, shoot around with AirPods in with no one else in the gym is just like the most comfortable place in the world for me. So um, you did mention something, I think, and then I want to close this out with maybe an encouraging word that you would share outside of all the encouraging words and lessons you've shared so far is just, um, you know, uh, the question of whether it's transferable, I think the feeling that you felt, which I certainly felt, and I think a lot of people feel is, man, was all this a waste? Like I just spent 15, 20 years getting really good at a thing. And now, you know, now it doesn't matter, right? Now it doesn't matter. And I think one of the, one of the skill sets, I, I think it is a skill set. I think it's, it's worthy of spending time on for, for, you know, athletes that are transitioning to sports or businesses, trying to leverage, those years trying to leverage all that time that you put in i mean lessons learned is one thing but also like getting a clear picture on like that story like what was your story and what did it mean and and you know all the different things you went into and and you now being able to leverage um you know your career and now you're coaching right and you're investing back in the kids in the community and, and look call it like it is there's synergies between um you know being a community guy and and, and business right so you being involved in the the, the high school sports scene and, and you being a figure of, of having, you know, your, your college athletics, like people are attracted to that. They're interested in that, right? If they're interested in basketball or college sports, they're going to be more likely to think that like, Hey, Tamron, he's a pretty interesting guy. Like I really like him. He's sharp. So I don't know. There's just something about, it's more of a curiosity than a statement. I just think that there's something about for me that fires me up to say, man, I don't want all those years to be wasted. I don't want, um, I want to really leverage that story. I want to take that story and be able to translate it into what I'm doing now. I want to be able to call upon it. I want to be able to relate to the people I want to talk to. I want I want to really craft that narrative in a way that serves me. Um, that is that it wasn't just like oh, I was this has been has been star basketball player that's you know now an insurance agent, right? And that's just me, right? That's my own ego and my own battle of saying uh but no you know that's just it's it's part of it it's it was it was the previous chapter now i'm in the next chapter but it's in the same book so i i don't know how you relate to that i just wanted to come back to that because you said that but at the same yeah. time man if, if you could give an encouraging word um and kind of wrap us up I, I i really appreciate your time and i don't want to take too much of it Oh, you're fine, man. Well, I do want to touch on that because I think it does make sense. I had a, um, I wouldn't say he's a mentor of mine, but somebody that I just watch, um, Dr. Billy Williams, he always has a thing that he says. He says, uh, success leaves clues. So I feel mm -hmm. like for me, um, I was able to take all that basketball training and my mindset and my work ethic and formulate that into a professional basketball career. So at the least, it's like I didn't get to play as long as I wanted to, 
but that hard work, I at least saw that hard work does translate to reaching a goal. So I was successful in that in my basketball life, I would say, and transitioning into business. Um, I want to have that same type of successful career. Um, so I just look at it kind of like you, but I look at it more so. I've been able to be successful in multiple uh, facets and multiple chapters of life. So successful in the basketball chapter. Now I'm trying to write my new book in the business chapter and just kind of be successful every step. So that's how I kind of look at it um, and the uh, transition part. Um, but to leave uh, some, I wouldn't say motivational, but some like knowledge, I would say for people listening, um, man, I think it just goes back to just your your work ethic and understanding what you want out of out of your life. So for me, um, I wanted to be a professional basketball player. I did everything in my power to to get to that level, and I was able to see myself get to that level, and I did. Um, and now I want to put everything into um, being the best business owner I can be. I want to be the best leader um, in business I can possibly be, and that comes with the same type of work ethic, hard work showing up every day, same thing I had to do in basketball. It correlates so well um, to my business life. Um, and I get to see people who have reached that point um, and are even still climbing, but they started from where I started. So like you and your brother and your other business partner, you all started scratch, super small, and you're able to build a true business. You're not just like a, I wouldn't call you all mom and pop main street agency. You built a true uh, business. And that's like the same type of trajectory that I see myself going on the same vision I have for myself. So that would be my advice is just get a vision and work tirelessly, tirelessly to get to that, uh, to get to that vision. And I think you'll be successful in whatever you choose. Man hard work translate you know that's that's really, such a fire man. takeaway man and uh i know the people that listen to this but the people that are around you every day man i know we're huge fans you're creating more fans um i just love to see you win and can't wait to continue to watch along the journey and uh again i'm super grateful uh, uh this was all I, but I think you've helped so much for your time, dude. Have an awesome day and, and let's not let it go too long until, uh, until we do this again. Yes, sir. I appreciate you, man. All right, Tamron. See you, man.